Warning, this podcast contains spoilers, but you shouldn't care. Welcome to Hey James, Watch This, a celebration of mediocrity. In this, and indeed every episode, Russ and Fry will try to convince their friend James why he should watch an absolutely unnecessary film. Hey James, Watch This. Hi everybody, welcome to Hey James, Watch This. I am James. I'm Russ. And I'm Fry. And I want to talk about Glorious. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What did you think? Uh, well, let me read through some of the notes uh, that I took. <laughs> and then I'll talk about sort of overall. I wish all movie reviews were just bullet pointed notes, stream of consciousness <laughs> style. I think that would add so much. Like, RogerEbert.com. Too dark. Tits. Food. Liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think it's fun because... You know, I, I don't know. I don't know about everybody else, but I always find, like, several reviewers that sort of like the same things I like. And then I go to them for what they thought of something. And it's never 100%, but, you know, it gives you an idea of, you know, what the reviewers like. Ben, Yahtzee uh, Crochet. In the beginning. What's that? I said, I said Yahtzee. <laughs> in the beginning, that lady with, I guess she was drinking coffee or something? I don't know. Where she was chewing up the paper and spitting it out? It was a pretty... Pretty nice hint from there, from her in the beginning, that things aren't going to be so great. Yeah, yeah. The Guardian should have turned around and kept driving. Although, as he says, that wouldn't have mattered. Also, towards the beginning, I was like, wow, this guy is nuts. And then that started to make sense a little later. Um, (laughs) I was pretty enraptured watching this movie, so I don't have any more notes until the line, your human genitals are of no importance, which I thought was great. (laughs) So good. No importance. And then I wrote, number one, Wes is an asshole. Two, what adult gets a creepy talking teddy bear for an anniversary <laughs> for their <laughs> significant other? That's so fucking weird. Yeah, those are birthday presents. And then I wrote down, I fucking knew he killed her with an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> to, I didn't write many notes. I was, honestly, I was watching this movie just like the whole whole way through, just very, very interested. A success. Yeah, here's what I think, though, because this this came really, really, really close to being potentially one of my favorite movies of all time. But there's one piece of it that just didn't quite work for me. We were just shooting for adequate. No, it's it's it was right up my alley. So the dialogue is really good. The angle about the guy who can't get over his relationship is kind of like it doesn't it didn't really work for me. And I think that easily the most successful a cosmic horror comedy that I've ever seen. Now there aren't that many of them, but it's pretty good. I'd recommend it. Yeah. This is this is so, someone to watch. Whoever made this movie. Huzzah! So, what do we have today? Well, we got some spooky untitled text. <laughs> Woohoo! That we do. Fry and I are silently eyeing each other this entire time because <laughs> I'm I'm deeply excited as to see how Fry is going to present this one. We, That's we how you have, know it's going to be a fun I, I think one. somewhat different views on this movie, so it, it should make for an interesting discussion. <laughs> ah, horror. The most contentious topic for Fry. I guess I'm the prosecutor since I get to go first here. I guess so. Well, I'm not going to defend anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, before we before we get into that, we should probably do Untitled. Yeah, we'll play this game. Well... We are sitting at Fry 34, James 31, and continuing the theme, it is spooky season, and so you have spooky untitled dot text. Ooh. Does and that mean you use like a really gothic spooky font? 
<laughs> it is, I, I'll thank you. It is the untitled.txt font. Yeah, it doesn't have like other this? fonts. Just, I don't even think it can bold things. It's some I mean, you could open it in WordPad or something and change the font at least. No, that would be... Oh, God, that's sacrilegious. Fred. Oh, I can it, change the font. I have just really? learned something about... <laughs> <laughs> wait wait hold on a sec this wait wait this is, this is like the this most important. basic tech podcast this is, wait hold note, on this is guys is this is now a notepad tips and tricks podcast wait notepad or wordpad notepad and you could change i never tried i didn't know either <laughs> hold on please hold uh, so guys uh the the font for notepad is regular lucinda console size 10 <laughs> yeah yeah console i knew was going to be in there for sure Oh my god, it does have font options. I mean, none of them are, you know, good, but it does have font options. Are these, I wonder if these are all true type font. Oh no, they can't possibly be. Hold on. Well guys, the spookiest I, one I, I can find is Webdings, really... and so, uh, <laughs> I'm reading from, Bat Bat Circle Square. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna I, recommend, uh, Abelard. What, what, Fry? I think what people really tune into this podcast for, is the technical tips and tricks we provide. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's really, for sure. Yeah. You know, the movie stuff, fine, sure. But really getting the most out of your Windows installation, that's what we're here for. And you do that by using Notepad? <laughs> I do so much in Notepad. Oh, my God. All right. Oh, God. Let's well, that was, uh, that was great. Okay. Well, that was good untitled.txt, boys. Uh, that was a tie at knowledge to knowledge. And we know. <laughs> So let's get on with our spookiness. Uh, this sometimes it'll be a character, sometimes it'll be a movie, and I think that's about it. So okay. Charles Lee Ray is the quote-unquote real name of what iconic horror movie monster? Oh, the Texas uh, movie, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy. No, Leatherface. Leather. Oh, oh, I was going to say Leatherface. I'm going to go with uh, Freddy Krueger. Boys, well, well, come on. His name is Freddy Krueger. That's clearly his real name. <laughs> that sounds like a fake name to me. <laughs> well, the the answer is Chucky, the doll from Child's Play. Oh, oh, that oh. was that was the spirit of the of the convict that entered him, right? Correct, Amundo. Ah, in which Friday the Thirteenth does Jason? Vo- now I should say you only get one guess a piece on this one because you just list okay. one through a thousand. In which. Friday the 13th movie, does Jason Voorhees first wear his hockey mask? Three. Well, James got it. That's three. Oh, okay. I was just going to guess one less than whatever James said. (laughs) Everyone thinks it's from the first one. In the 1954 film Vim, what was Vim? Ants. Giant ants. Ah, that's two to James. Love that movie. You're fast on the draw today. I love that movie. That movie's amazing. The 2005 horror movie Hostel is set in which country? Oh, the Czech Republic. Nope. No, it's one. It's one of them, though. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna say I'm pretty sure it's Eastern European, but it's been so long, and I didn't like that movie. I'm gonna say uh, Bulgaria. Well, Fry, if the Soviet Union hadn't collapsed, you would be correct because it was uh, Slovakia. Oh, oh okay. the former half of the Czech Republic. What breed of dog was Cujo? He was a pit bull, right? Nope. Oh, I, th- I think this is probably another one guest situation. This is going to go with German <laughs> Shepherd. Ah, uh, boys has a Saint Bernard. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. 
Scary Movie was the original title of what 1996 horror classic? Scream. It was Scream. Oh. I was only like 50% sure, but I thought I'd heard that once. Scary Movie, which then went on to spoof Scary Movies. Hmm. The story for Final Destination was originally an abandoned idea for which TV show? Lost. Nope. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Quantum Leap. That would be The X-Files. Oh, oh that's, that's much more okay. reasonable. That is a better, yeah, that is a better answer. Okay, I'm going to give one to each of you on this one. Now, so I want you to play rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first. Fry ready? Yep. That was the loose. James goes first. Very good. I don't know how you lost with the delay, but that's fine. Laggy video connection is not the smoothest thing. That was amazing. Okay. Okay. I am going to ask you a question, and then James, you can answer, and then Fry, you can answer, and if you can each name a different one, you'll get a point. Yay! James, name a video game series that also spawned a horror movie series. I, I, I can immediately tell you one that, that was in planning, but it did never made it through the process, but I don't think I'll get a point for that. So let me think for a moment. Uh, I, oh, a vi- so the video game came first is, is the rule here. And they're both series. No, Yes, it has to be a series. Yes, yes. Um, well, I have a feeling I'm going to kick myself, but let me tell you a, smart, a small antidote I learned about. Uh, did either of you play <laughs> The Suffering or The Suffering 2? I can't I say so. Stairs. It was sort of a horror action game that was released released quite some time ago about a prisoner who is awful and does awful things. Oh, I saw a trailer um, for that. I never played it. Yeah, it was pretty fun for the time. I wouldn't go back and play it now. And then they released the second one, and they were in plans to do a movie with, uh, not Clive Barker, but the other one who does a lot of movies. It's also an author. I forget his name. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't have one. Sorry. Go ahead, Fry. James, I am screaming inside. Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never played Resident Evil, man. I don't know what you want. Fry, can you like think of another thirty-something games and five, six movies now? Anyway, yes, right. you're. Do I have another right. one? I absolutely do. Silent Hill. Very good. Oh yeah, those movies were terrible. I think they they averaged were out terrible. to just barely below average. Wow. Okay. All right. One of them was fine. the games. Let's do that again. And okay. switch the order this time. Uh, okay. Fry, you get to answer first. James, you can answer second. This time, I will tell a story while James is screaming. Stalling <laughs> for time. I was giving you time to think, you monster. Like two seconds in, I had both of those, and I was absolutely dying over there. <laughs> Fry, like, your patience is boundless. Anything. Well, in 2018, The Shining was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. For a point each, name the hotel or the room that you should stay out of. This is one of those things I definitely thought I knew (laughs) right up until the moment I had to think of it. I think the room is 303. No. And I got nothing on the hotel. James, you want to try after that lack of anecdote? I, um... Oh, yeah, one time I was in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know they just, like, will bring you mine food was, if you ask them? Mine was related to the topic. I, I want to I tell actually, you about a... I got a hotel story. 
Oh, God. I uh, once stayed in a hotel that claimed to have room service. The number was for the restaurant next door. (laughs) (laughs) Good. That's awesome. It is right... The, I don't remember the room, but the hotel name is just right on the edge. I've literally seen like a scale model of this thing. And like it's anyway. No, I don't have it. And I'm going to kick myself. So please tell me the name. Oh, boys, that would be the Overlook Hotel and room ah! 237. Oh, man. I had it in my head. It was like the something view hotel, like Plaza View. I knew that was wrong, but I was like, ah. Now, took- I, I just the other day watched the matrix and i can tell you that starts in the heart of the city hotel (laughs) but i got nothing for the shining and the matrix isn't a spooky movie for that opening rooftop chase uh what sets were they recycling from which movie oh uh batman maybe nope 1997 there's there's always a batman movie like directed by every couple of years they've made a batman movie yeah that'd be dark city oh of course oh yeah Another fun the, fact actually, the, the third Matrix movie is scary because of how long it is. Ooh. <laughs> Boo this man. <laughs> oh, sorry. I think they're saying Boo Earns. I was saying Boo Earns. <laughs> God, we're already over time. Well, that was uh, oh, that was three to Fry and two to James, which takes Fry to 37 and James to 33. Uh, the, so the, uh, the lead is still there. Yes, you're still there, man. We are looking at the year that everyone will remember fondly, 2020, for <laughs> this movie first and a couple of other reasons second. Uh, we were commanded to do a ghost story. I said make it good. And so we have brought you <laughs> A Ghost Waits. Okay. Yeah. Fry. I didn't even realize that, yeah, this came out March of 2020. Right as all the lockdowns were starting. Really, really great timing to release a movie. Not their fault, I don't think, but... No, probably not their fault. So, before I get into this movie, I'm just going to say right off the bat, this movie ends with a suicide that I think that, you know, deserves a content warning, and... Yeah. If you are in any way, like, affected or in any way triggered by that, stay the hell away from this movie. Yes. And stay so, the hell away from the rest of this podcast because we're going to be talking a lot about suicide. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't get don't listen to us and get bummed out. Yeah, like, I mean, you know you've it's probably all already listened to the good parts anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, happy to see you next time, and uh, you know have a good rest of your week. Yeah, um, totally. So inevitable that we are going to have to talk about that at some point, but it's right at the ending. So let me let me tell you, I guess the overall overall view of what we're talking about here. It's actually a really fun idea for a ghost story, I thought. We've got this handyman whose his job is to fix up this house to get it ready for the next people to move in. The owner is, you know, he's kind of like, hey, if you could, while you're there, could you help me figure out why people won't stay in this house very long? Like, people just keep <laughs> fleeing the house and leaving all of their possessions behind. Uh, and he even gets there and he's like, this is weird. How furnished is this supposed to be? Because everything is here. <laughs> And so, of course, there's a ghost. It's like three different sets of furniture in totally different styles. And he's like, and the, and the owner's like, it's the drains. Mike, the, I love that this movie was made for $17 because all yes. of the furniture in that house was plucked off the side of the road. Excellent. Yeah. 
like the mic at one point we see a, a see him eating in this kitchen and it's like this table and the microwave it looked like stuff they moved around in an office like it, it looked like an office break room someone dragged a conference table into uh, um, that's, you know not the point of the movie have you ever seen office furniture outside of an office and in yes. a type of building yeah. it is the weirdest fucking thing it is Especially if you spent a lot of time in offices working and then you see it in somebody's house or some other place where it shouldn't be, you're like, what's wrong? What is what happened? It's weird. Do y'all love the back rooms as much as I do? Yeah. Uh, I I saw a a, uh, video game version of that, by the way. Office furniture outdoors is back rooms energy. Yes. Yes, it is. So back back to to this movie. Oh, yeah, the movie. (laughs) Sorry. So Jack, our handyman, he's staying there, and we figure out pretty quick. I mean, it's it. The actual opening scene is the ghost scaring away the previous people. So he starts mm-hmm. meeting the ghost, and they're gonna have a thing. We're gonna learn a little bit about her reasons for staying there, her reasons for haunting the place, and I will tell you, much of it does not proceed like you might think it would from from the basic premise. Okay, we get a moment early on where you know she's really doing the spooky stuff, all the the lights are flashing, the door the doors are opening and closing, it's all of it's going on. And he runs out of the house in terror. Yeah. But then he uh realizes he doesn't really have anywhere else to go and he's got a job to do, and so he just psychs himself up and goes back in. And so so, so yeah. I, I, I think we should establish something then. Yeah. I, in any ghost film, it's important to establish the capabilities or the rules of the ghost. And yes. it's okay if it breaks them later, but we should know what we're expected. So this ghost can make noises, move objects. Uh, what else yeah, can it bingo. do? Bingo. It can appear. I don't believe it has a corporeal form. I don't believe it can directly hurt people. It can. But can it? Or? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, they do talk about that later on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it mostly so it's got an it's got an attunement period before it really gets you. We find out a little bit later because this ghost is haunting is her job as a ghost. Also, she insists she is not a ghost. Uh, they prefer <laughs> the term spectral agent. Oh, that's what they all say. Um, but this wait, is, is this a comedy? It's a little bit of a comedy. It's yep. a little bit of a romance, and it's a little bit okay. of a horror. Okay, it is a all ghost right. story, and okay. so. So she goes back to the home office and she's like, I'm having a little trouble with this haunting here. And the, the, her ghost middle manager gives her like a very standard corporate pep talk. Like, you're one of our best performers. Your picture's up on the wall. You're a legend around here. You just need a little help with this one. So we're going to send in someone a little younger with a different approach to help you get things done. Oh, I see. And so we get the sort of office you know, office politics vibe going on there a little bit, but we don't dive too deeply into that. Mostly everyone just realizes they don't have a particular reason for doing this. It's just what they do. It's like, yep, yep, we we haunt houses. This is the thing we do. Um, don't say that too loud. I'll think about my job really hard. <laughs> and go, wait a minute, what am I doing? <laughs> well, and and that does wind up being one of the things our protagonist thinks about. He's like, yeah, because he's the other side of this coin. She scares him out. He makes the house ready for the next people. They move in. Month or two later, she scares them out. He makes the house ready for the next people. I assume she's meeting some kind of quota numbers for the people. Of it's, scared, it, being scared. it's merely a matter of she is supposed to keep people out of the house as much as possible. So, right. 
Her whole job is, can we keep people out of the house? Right. I, I will say, I do like the character of Jack. He's... The best way I can describe him is he's too much of a himbo to be scared about things. <laughs> he, he, he gets in there and she's like, why aren't you scared of me? Aren't you worried I'm going to kill you? And he's like, I've got a job to do. Like, I just, like as soon as I finish my job, I'm going to leave. But I've got to do this job while I'm here. It's like, bro, chill. <laughs> she, she tries to, like, you know, start opening the cabinet doors and stuff at him. And he just, like, closes them and says, no. And just, just keeps <laughs> treating her like a like a naughty child at first until she starts oh behaving. My gosh. And then just, like, talking to her nonstop. Like, just narrating on about his life as he goes around the, the chores and the handyman work he's doing. <laughs> until finally, you know, he's, he's clearly, like, talked to her all day. And he's like, hey, can you speak? Are you, can, can you respond in any way? And I think that's when he finally, you know, she finally says, don't call me a ghost. I'm a spectral agent and all of this stuff. So there are some moments that are really cute. Like honest to God, I, I thought, I thought that sequence was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. There are some moments that are really interesting with the kind of ghost universe behind the scenes of why, you know, this ghost bureaucracy that sets things up and assigns people to houses and, keeps things running this way and assigns new ghosts to come and help out the senior ghosts when they're having a problem. This right. moment, we need to write that down. I mean, th- that yeah. was the, the, the existence of that sentence gives me hope. <laughs> you know what people did? They had an idea and it was the dumbest idea that's ever been writ. And then they filmed it and it went into our eyeballs. Yes, it did. It we did. are golden gods walking the earth. Such power we wield. <laughs> An errant idea can take on such a life of its own. And so here's the thing. I was, honest to God, set up to like this movie. I was enjoying this movie. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. The the guy's an idiot, but that's part of what makes the whole thing charming. Yeah, well, um, it sounds like it wouldn't work if he was, a, like, you know, a smarter guy. <laughs> and so, but then we get to the inevitable problem of a ghost and living person romance is that one of what? them, it, yeah, he, he starts to fall for her. She starts to fall for him. Uh, it, it is absolutely a romantic comedy horror film. Okay. Uh, you seem so disappointed. Uh, I continue. banned romance for six months for a reason, but please well, continue. It's, we, uh, okay, it's so all we things. can do is pick movies. Sometimes yeah, the I thing know, sneaks up on you. I know. We didn't pick happens. a romance. Sometimes romance sneaks it's up okay. in movies where you don't expect it. That's true. I know. It's not so your fault. He, but I am annoyed. We all are. <laughs> he's, you know, he's got this. He's got these feelings for her, who he's known all of like two days. I'm so mad yes. at every part yes. of this. Yes. And yes. He decides. Well, you know, I've known her for two days, and the rest of my life currently sucks this weekend. So I know what I'll do. I'll kill myself in the garage so I can be with her forever. And oh, that, whoa, that escalated very much from like, laughing so hard. Oh was, my god! And so, why did he? On wait, top I have, of that, I know I, okay. I, I gotta I gotta oh, finish this. No, yeah, go ahead. Go scene ahead. Here, that's fine. Just of what so a awful decision he was making. What yeah. everything was awful about this. And as he's in, he pulled the car into the garage, closed the door, and kept the car running. Classic. Oh, okay. And then he calls the his boss because 
He earlier he was like having existential crisis on the phone with his boss. His boss was like, "Man, you just work for me. I'm not here for these yeah. sort of things." And so then he's he calls him as he's committing suicide, and basically leaves his suicide note on the guy's voicemail. And <laughs> this was the I, wildest thing. I was like, "You went from a like." A moderately lighthearted, fun, romantic comedy ghost horror story to one of the darkest fucking scenes I've seen happen in a movie and then end it on a comedy note with them haunting the next several li- people living in the house together. <laughs> Imagine the, the, his... The tone shift was wild. The Imagine his poor boss barely covers it. You've just fucked off a coworker because you have to get home to make dinner. You're in a big old rush, and this guy's worrying about some bullshit that has to do with life or family, or you weren't really listening. And then the next day, he's dead in his car, and his suicide note is is your voicemail. You will be haunted unto the grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I bet the first thing that happens is you get a call from the police. They're like, "We reported a de- someone reported a dead body." Like, because remember, he's still got a corpse. <laughs> like, yeah, this is no. And we see the people wow. coming to open the garage, presumably the next day, and letting all the fumes <laughs> out and finding him. You know, there is something about films that are in such poor taste that, like, you almost think the creators didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they did. Like, it's it's. It's almost adorable. <laughs> if you end it right there, then in some way, like, in some way you at least recognize what you did. Yeah. <laughs> but if, they if did you not. then go on, if you then go on to have a comedy haunting montage, <laughs> which they just do. shows, which they absolutely do. <laughs> wow. Then, oh God. I was so like, I went from enjoying this movie to just this, pit of my stomach like oh i've got to talk about this movie what the hell are they doing <laughs> god this is okay well <laughs> that i fry i think you have in in a so, very hey, com- hey james watch this movie about suicide <laughs> i think you have uh, in a very complete way described what this movie feels like to watch which is perfect <laughs> is there any anything else you would like to add before we uh, move on I, I, you know, I don't think there's anything I can add to this train wreck. Fry's like, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore, but I bet Russ does. Oh boy, do I. There's two parts that I want to po- point out. Um, yes. He's using, when he's staying in the house while he's working on it at the beginning, and he uses his phone as his alarm clock as everyone in the world does, but I know yeah. they couldn't get that sound to pick up or they couldn't license it or something because his phone makes your grandmother's alarm clock noise. Yes, it does. Like, exactly. I was like, that's not a phone sound. But So I I thought that was cute. And there's one wonderful line that embodies capitalism. Uh, He's talking (laughs) to his boss about the ghost. He's like, hey, dude, the reason you're losing... There's a ghost here. That's why everybody's running out. And his boss goes, so there's a ghost. Fix it. <laughs> You're right. That that like I just found out that the afterlife is real, but I don't care about that. We got to make our yeah. Patients. We're we're making we're making that, the bottom line here. That whole conversation was honestly it, it was actually pretty funny until it's changed by the fact that that's the same person he calls to commit suicide on the voicemail to. But the, the <laughs> Brian, you were deeply affected by this movie. I can tell. He calls. He calls me. He's like, yeah. I think I I know why people aren't staying here. There's a ghost. 
And he has that response. He's like, well, fix it. He's like, ghosts are my job? He's like, well, yeah, he's you're like, the one calling me about it. So, yes, they are now. My and vacuum doesn't say, work on it. <laughs> he goes on to say, like, look, I don't know why you think there's a ghost there, but I have two newborns to deal with. I really don't care. Oh, yeah. Whatever it is, fix it. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was dealing with. So, wow, Russ. So, this is quoting Wikipedia here. Uh, director Adam Stovall, I should say, as Fry did point out to me, it's it's writer and director Adam Stovall, uh, uh, has mm-hmm. stated that two of the main inspirations for A Ghost Waits were the 2014 video game P.T. and a strip from Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal. And, of course, Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal is written by Zach Bynersmith. And the strip is one uh, where a woman says that the most American film is Ghostbusters, in that it's undeniable proof of an afterlife, but they're just concerned with running the small business and navigating government bureaucracy. Yes. Yeah. So with that in mind, I want to talk about Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Now, Romeo and Juliet uh, was premiered in 1597. And Romeo and Juliet is written by Bill Shakespeare, and it concerns two teenagers who fall in love, having never had a quantifiable conversation. They then confess their love to one another very dramatically. A whole lot of people die, and then they kill themselves because they can't stand to live without each other. And people still refer to them and their significant other as Romeo and Juliet to this day. Remember, star-crossed lovers doesn't mean they're fated to be together. It means that they're screwed. Now, in 1662, that is 65 years after the premiere of Romeo and Juliet, (laughs) Samuel Pepys, the author of the diary, wrote in his review, It is a play of itself the worst that I ever heard in my life. Please remember, wow, I like this Romeo and Juliet is a tragedy. It is marketed as a tragedy. It is based on a narrative poem called The Tragical History of Romeo and Juliet, uh, written by Arthur Brooke. So why am I seeing so many reviews that call A Ghost Waits heartwarming and romantic? <laughs> I was wow. hesitant. I kind of go over through a metric in my head when when we're picking a movie, and this one had too high a Rotten Tomatoes re- rating for me. It's at like ninety two, yeah, it's and that's too high for high. me. But it sounded weird and quirky enough that I was like, "All right, we're going to give this one a shot." And boy, howdy, did they sit through the whole movie? It's a cool eighty minutes long. Anything to be with my one true love, I guess. So that brings us to Emile Durkheim. Emile Durkheim was a French sociologist who wrote a book called Suicide. The book, published in 1897, was the first to give an analysis of suicide. And at the time, it was considered revolutionary because it suggested, wait for it, that suicide can have societal causes, too. Because at the time, it was just, you know, you got ghosts in your blood. Right. It took us until 1897 to figure that out? (laughs) Yeah, you uh, you didn't have enough leeches on you, and the ghost in your blood, you know, did bad things, and then you then you killed yourself. Like it, you know, that's how blood works. And suicide did a big old like almost meta study about those who commit suicide and things about their lives and all such like as that. And you ended up with co- with correlations. 
like Catholics at the time had a lower suicide rate than Protestants, and it was hypothesized that that was because they had more like societal control. It's like the, the Catholics no, it's, were it's more the guilt, draconian. Yeah, okay, it's the guilt. Uh, you don't get to be buried in the good cemetery with the cool kids. Yeah, it's definitely the guilt. <laughs> Durkheim also discovered that suicide was more common amongst the single population than the married population. Uh, it was less common in parents and more common in men. And he also found, interestingly to this day, that military commit suicide more frequently than civilians do, and that suicide rates are greater in times of peace than they are during times of war. Hmm. He contended that suicide can come from social reasons as well as psychological or emotional ones. The more He found that a person is less likely to commit suicide the more socially integrated they are, or the more linked they feel to their society. And he ended up with four classifications of suicide and reasons that people might commit suicide accordingly. There is altruistic suicide, which was regarded as the result of excessive regulation of individuals by social forces, such that a person may be moved to kill themselves for what they think of as the benefit of society at large, like suicide bombers. Ah. So I think I'm doing the right thing, even though I'm misguided, but I'm going to go in this building and blow myself up for the good of the society that I perceive to need to happen. Uh, there is egoistic suicide, which is executed by people who feel completely detached from society, like elderly people. There is anomic suicide, uh, which is committed by people who feel separated from society, but not for egoistic reasons, more from something that happened. So, like, a societal upheaval, a revolution, an economic crash, something like that. And lastly, there was fatalistic suicide, which comes during times of extreme stress and regulation, such as, like, being a prisoner. Right. So... Here you have a textbook case of egoistic suicide that was written in for preposterous reasons. Now, Emile Durkheim wrote a lot about suicide. He did not ever write about how you shouldn't kill yourself so you can go fuck your ghost girlfriend. And thank goodness, because if he had written on that, we might not be watching this movie today. <laughs> that was uh, very educational, Russ. Thank you. You know, it actually, come to think of it, it does remind me of, I think there was a, a Netflix movie where the premise was that they had discovered uncontrovertible proof of an afterlife. And oh, that was, sounds familiar. But yeah. it was like a you get to be reborn or and try your life again or something like that. And then people just started committing suicide like all the time. Yeah. Uh, to the point where like all the billboards were like, hey, you don't have to kill yourself. You can stay alive. Of course, the main character is someone who killed himself a whole bunch of times. Yeah, I remember that. That yeah. is called The Discovery, Fry. The Discovery. Yeah, that's go. that's the one. All right. So, uh, I'm not going to watch this movie even <laughs> a tiny little bit. This sounds Shocking. awful. But I want to clarify something just for fun. So, Fry, you had mentioned that before the awful, the, the extremely tasteless suicide, it sounds like about halfway through the fucking movie, that before that you were kind of into it. I'm not. Yeah. I don't think I'm interested in any portion of this film. It sounds lazy and bad, and I don't want to watch it. Did we mention it was in black and white and had really nice hipster music? 
I don't care. Like I don't. I don't even know what hipster music Jack is. Johnson concert. Those I don't some, like Jack Johnson I, I, very much. I liked that part of it very much, which also explains oh, God why damn. up until that point it was uh, tolerable to me. Are you sure you weren't just napping and then you woke up at a part that you... <laughs> um, I'll get back to you on that. No, no, you clearly weren't napping. You have described this movie extremely thoroughly. I No, I have no intention of watching this movie. Uh, let it be gone from my memories. <laughs> ghost story again, or should we... Oh, no, we'll do another ghost story. we got to get it. Let's do right. it. We had some yeah, other this, options that looked pretty good. Yeah, Fry. this one just does not sound like a winner to me. Fry never texts me during movies. He t- mm. and he even more rarely texts me angry about anything. <laughs> <laughs> this one did it. Yeah, Fry's not what you'd call an angry dude. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, for one thing, the trailer gives no hint that this is any kind of part of the movie. None yeah, whatsoever. The trailer. Made it seem like it was going to be a fun, you know, maybe scary, maybe lighthearted. It was a little bit difficult it to tell. It doesn't sound like it is ever scary for a single frame no, of this movie. Not. Except not for that really, part no. where you see someone try to take their own life, maybe. That's pretty scary, I guess. That was oh, no, the they f- don't try. My favorite part of that was that the ghost girl was... uh, What the hell was her name? I forgot her name already. Muriel. Muriel, thank you. She's standing mm. in front of the car watch th- watching this happen, and she might as well be doing this. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. She's literally up. smiling as he takes his You can't breath. do it. Like, oh, this is so inappropriate. Okay. I say we... Uh, all right, so we're going to do Ghost Story again. I'm happy about that. I'm not ever going to watch this movie. Thank you for warning me away from it. <laughs> Um, do either of you, well, hold on, before we go to recommendations, does anyone else have any dumb shit they want to say about the movie or anything? I like it when they do crap like this. There was one other ghost who was trying to be scary and going like, like that. And every time they made the blah noise, they would underlight them. (laughs) It's like when you're watching the Addams Family and Morticia's eyes are always lit and in the second one they make fun of it because like she she misses her mark and then has to take a step to the left so that she's in (laughs) (laughs) I really like those Addams Family movies I thought they were good alright excellent well any recommendations for the listeners this week boys yeah Russ I got one for some reason go ahead (laughs) (laughs) so I was a holdout because I had followed all the bad press about <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. And I started playing it after its many, many, nearly a year's worth of patches. Yeah. And I have learned that the problem with that game is it was marketed wrong. Yeah, it's not GTA. It's a, it's a, it's a single-player, story-based, linear RPG. Yes. This isn't GTA. Yeah. This is no. maybe Mass Effect. It's not even that. For, I, I would person. say it's even more linear. It is. Yeah, li- yeah. You could take this game almost and replace 75% of it with a text adventure. Y- yeah. Wow. They did not need to build an entire city for this game. It could have all been set pieces and it would have been totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they went that direction with it. It's. Re- I think it's a creative direction issue because it looks beautiful and the story's good and the writing is pretty good. But like. I don't know why they made it a functioning like city simulator. Well, it's not completely functioning, is it? But <laughs> <laughs> no, this was a game designed was by a committee. It's functioning now. What's that, Russ? Uh, I said this is a game designed by a committee. Yeah, 
I think it's a pretty good single-player RPG now that it works and stuff for the most part. Well, I'm having a lot of fun but, with it. I think the combat's yeah. fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the game is not bad, but because they tried to make it GTA V, you know, and they'd never made anything like that before, and I think Rockstar has 100 billion people working for them, like, you know. <laughs> well, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. but Project Red also did, you know, The Witcher, and that yeah. was amazing. The Witcher 3 was really good. But did you play The Witcher 1? Oh, God, It's no. good. You can watch them learn over the course of that game <laughs> series. It's amazing. I played all three of them, and the third one is the only one I've ever replayed. So Cyberpunk 2080 is going to be lit. They actually are coming out with a sequel. I'm a little concerned because I was listening to some video game news on the YouTubes, and uh, we can cut all this out. but We will um, not. Oh, God. And all the people on there were like, things I wish I could have in the new cyberpunk game. And every single feature was something out of, out of Grand Theft Auto. And I was like, you guys aren't fucking getting it. It's not going to be good if they do that. But they want to, and even I want to play GTA cyberpunk skin. You don't want to play this game, Fry. Trust no, me. No, no. I want them to make a different game. game that is the game I want to play. I don't want, <laughs> no, I don't, no. You have Rockstar. Shut the fuck up. There's not enough single player RPGs that You're have right. good Rockstar writing. Rockstar should buy them. Get Get the fuck out of my area. I want well-written games. You can have all the schlock you want with explosions and other bullshit. It's out there for you already. Go play your Fortnite or whatever. You have that shit already. Here's the plan. We'll get Microsoft to buy both Rockstar (laughs) and and CD Projekt. Projekt. Why not? They're buying everyone else. Combine them into one thing and then finally make the GTA Cyberpunk game that people want. They don't. Only no, they, already made, they made that. It's called need, Saints Row. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it needs more right. neon. No, you've never played Saints, the last before, Saints Row. Man. You don't know game. what you're talking about. I haven't played uh, any of them actually. Uh, Saints Row <laughs> is superior to Grand Theft Auto in every way, but not the new one. The new one no. sucks. Don't get the new one. Yeah, the, the, the get the get the last one on the old generation Saint boxes. Four yeah. Saints Row and, Four, and see the that's the one. genius of Rockstar is they just have never made another GTA for I think the last ten years. Yeah, it's been a while. It fucking it, them and fucking Bethesda. Jesus Christ! I've been I yeah. have bought Skyrim on four different platforms. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't get a um. Oh, I forget what that new um that new PC handheld console, the Steam thing. The Steam I forget Deck? what. It's- yeah, oh, don't, don't get a Steam Deck. Deck. They'll charge you seventy fucking dollars Jesus for it. Christ. <laughs> Such bastards. The first oh. time I played it on the Switch, I felt like a heathen. What am I doing? Yeah, you. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be a little elitist here. You shouldn't play Bethesda games on anything but a PC because they will crash and run like shit. It runs great on the Switch. Uh, yeah, but you shouldn't play it on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've I also heard of Bethesda games crashing on a PC. Yeah, but yeah, but then you can fix it. Like you can't do shit on a Switch. So you're you're really just advocating this is going to be a broken game. Play play PC it where Master you'll Race? be able to fix it the best. I am not recommending that anyone play a Bethesda game. I happen to like them, but it's not the kind of thing I would ask a friend to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yes, I would I never recommend. Completely. I like Skyrim, but it's a dumb game. Like, there's so many things wrong with it, and also the fact that like you can't mod out most of those problems on any other platform is an issue. So, like yeah, I the can interface tell when my wife the bugs, is playing Skyrim again because the, the first week of it is her choosing the right mods, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and then that's all of it that gets played. 
For me, it takes about, a, about I would say, a good four hours to get everything set up with all the mods I want. And I change it out every time because, you know, I we've all seen the mod where uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, may he rest in peace, is the dragon. Oh, yeah! Or the mod where that fucking creepy train is the dragon, uh, the little engine that could. But, you in, know, in you never respe- know what they're... Out of respect for the Macho Man, can we get the oh yeah sound effect in there right after right after James said that? Yeah, I Bed think my that mind. Would be... Oh yeah, yeah, excellent. All right, well that was our recommendation section. <laughs> <laughs> so I think all of that stays. Oh god, perfect. Bore the crap out of people. Well, oh yeah. Thank you everyone for listening to Hey James, watch this. Have a great day. Don't drink bleach. WrestleMania 3 at the Silver Dome in Pontiac, Michigan. It's a day that I'm certain my guest at this time will not forget. I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, Macho Man Randy. Nothing means nothing. Nothing. nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? More. I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Macho Madness, yeah, has got more to offer than President Jack Tunney thinks that I got. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Cards stacked against the Macho Man Randy Savage in WrestleMania 3. Yeah, let me say it. Yeah. Let me say it out loud and let me point to the president of the world wrestling federation the macho man randy savage is not happy with your decision yeah i am the cream in the world wrestling federation there is no doubt about it yeah you mean gene okerlin you know that i'm the cream of the crop Wait, wait a minute, though, Randy. I've got to ask you very seriously. Do you blame Mr. Jack Tunney, the distinguished president of the World Wrestling Federation, for Ricky Steamboat being the Intercontinental Champion today? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Outside interference, yeah. In my moment of glory. Yeah, now I'm living in a nightmare. And I am the cream. And now, not only the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship belt must fall, but the World Heavyweight Championship belt. Because Hulk Hogan, yeah, I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. And there is no one that does it better than the Macho Man Randy Savage. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are, yeah. And I'm talking to everyone in the World Wrestling Federation. And I'm even talking to President Jack Tunney, yeah. I'm on my way. And nothing is going to stop me. Nothing's going to stop me. You know, just out of curiosity, Randy, and I certainly don't want to diminish your tremendous uh, God-given talents, but but I'm very curious. I haven't seen Elizabeth lately. Yeah. She's on the outside of the ring. Does she interfere in matches? Yeah. Nothing. Zero. Yeah. Pure athlete. Yeah. And I've been, uh, yeah, maligned from the top to the bottom. And because they can't handle the macho man Randy Savage, the cream of the crop, nobody does it better.